here. Make- You're listening to the Four Frequency Sake Network. What's your frequency can at the show? Good morning and welcome to For Fantasy Sake, um, presented by Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill on the Four Frequency Sake Podcast Network, and that is presented by Durham Remodeling and Ryan Allison Tattoo. I am your host, Doug Green. I am along with the ride with Dan Hancock, Jordan Kernan, and Brian Craighead this morning. So, boys, uh, welcome to week 14. Uh, as we get settled in here, we do have some breaking news. Ladies. Mr. Hancock is off the market. Congratulations, my man. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you. I know Lydia always pops in here with some questions along the way, so I wanted to make sure that we uh, acknowledge her uh, uh, here at the top of the show. Say congratulations to you two crazy kids. Um, and then we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, this morning we'll play a little fantasy tender to get us kicked off. Uh, but make sure that you do get your uh, questions in. We will answer those uh, at 11.15 Central. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. So first up in the fantasy tender is Brock Purdy, <laughs> an MVP candidate. And I am glad Joe is not here today. <laughs> <laughs> DJ is just torturing Joe this week, man. Between that and the FSU comments the last couple of weeks. <laughs> um, it's been a rough week for Joe. Yeah. I'm swiping left on this one. I Do I think Brock Purdy's done enough to earn himself a second contract when this one's done? I think so, but it, it's, it feels like just one of those systems when you see those quarterbacks come out of college and they have like the number one and the number two wide receiver in their draft class every year. And the quarterback looks great because he has the best receivers, but in reality, he's an average quarterback. I don't think he's an MVP candidate. I think... It helps that you have Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, but that's it. He he hasn't done anything for me like on his own that's made me think he's an MVP candidate. Yeah. I'll swipe left here as well. I'm assuming we're talking about NFL MVP as opposed to fantasy MVP. Uh, the so, only yeah. way he could be the only way he could be considered a fantasy um MVP is because he was a late round pick and he has you know, if you look in rankings today, he's top six. But if we're talking about NFL MVP, no way. CMC would get it before him, and probably probably I for that matter. So. 
Yeah, I'm swiping left. I think there's a, I think there's a few other quarterbacks who are more deserving. And honestly, I, uh, I would like to see Tyree Hill break the record, the single season uh, receiving record, and and take on the title. To be honest with you, I think he's in the receiving votes category. I don't think he'll he'll win it. I don't think he'd be like top three. But yeah, I, think I don't think so either. He'll think, he'll get I think that. There's a couple people out there throw him some third place votes or whatever. He'll he'll get that one reporter that wants to look different. Yeah. Like he has the hot take, and he'll get the one vote at the end. Yeah, so the guy who the guy who votes from the San Francisco Chronicle will give him like a third place vote, and then there'll be like like you said, like one hot take again. That'll that'll give you um, one of those as well. All right, next up. Will DeAndre Swift finish as an RB once? Will he finish in the top 12 running backs? He is currently six points out of the 12th place spot. I'm going to swipe right. Um, I really think – I think this week's going to be tough for him, but if you look at his schedule for the next four games, it's the Seahawks, Giants, Cardinals, and Giants. So he has three defenses that cannot stop the run. Um, if even if they don't win the division, if they clinch a playoff spot there, you're, you're probably going to see a little bit more of him. Um, I mean, obviously the only thing you would really worry about is, uh, Boston Scott's some, for some reason, hatred of the New York giants where he goes off every year against the giants. That would be the only thing that hurts you, but you got four potential blowout games. Um, and if they lose tonight, I think going against a team like Seattle, they're just going to let all their anger out on that. So I, I think he, I think he finishes top ten. Yeah, I'll swipe right, but keep it in my messengers. I, I think that certainly, certainly, um, the schedule is obviously in his favor. But my concern is if they are up late, beating Boston Scott or. Even Kenneth Gainwell in for some carries. So, you know, I, I could see a world where it exists, but doesn't have to exist by any means. Yeah, I think he gets there. I think either way, I mean, I understand that those matchups are pretty cake after uh, after tonight's game. Um, but like uh, like Doug said, I mean, our, uh, I'm sorry, not Doug. Uh, Dan said uh, they still have a fight on their hands for, for first place um, in the NFC. So I don't think that they keep their starters unless they unless they get a real big you know unless they win tonight and then win the next couple and really have a cushion. I think you see uh, I think you see Smith still in there. So um, Swift. I think you see Swift still in there, and um, I think he yeah, I think he finishes top ten. I like that. Yeah, I was going to say yeah that he will as well. I, my question back that that Jordan just answered was going to be what happens if they're that, that last week that they're that they've got everything kind of tied up and they do they sit in. Um, and then maybe that's what knocks him out of out of that top 12 range. That'd be my only concern in that. Okay, next up, the, re- the return of Justin Jefferson. He is finally back, finally healthy. He will be playing today. I don't, I'm not sure who they're playing today. Um, but Raiders. is he a must start for you guys? Oh, yeah. That's a super like. Um, I think especially like, I mean, I know like a couple of my leagues um, playoffs start this week. Or you know you're one week out. Um, if you have Jefferson and you're right on the edge, you gotta just you know say you know he'll, he'll he's gonna give you your ten to fifteen points. He could go off. We don't know what Josh Dobbs is gonna do because this will be his first game with him. 
but obviously the game plan is going to be to slowly get him more involved and more involved. So he, I don't, I, I think it's a good matchup for him week one. I don't think he'll necessarily have another, you know, 30 point game. Like we, you know, we've seen from him in the past, but I think it's a good game to kind of get him back to NFL speed. Right. Yeah. I've got to, there's, I've got to do a super like here as well, but that being said, I'm talking more specifically about redraft leagues. I don't know how Jordan feels personally due to salary. I would not want him DFS this week, but in a redraft league, I mean, let's be honest, 12 team leagues. I don't see how, how you can afford to sit him. So. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. I mean, the guy is, he's, he's going to slot right back in. Um, I kind of talked about it a little bit on a Friday though. You know, the quarterback plays kind of a downgrade just a little bit. Dobbs is one of those guys who can use his legs, so he's not going to sit in the pocket and go through reads. So if his first read isn't there, I see him taking off. Um, but that being said, uh, you know, Jefferson, it, it seems like he's healthy. He took the extra time to make sure he was healthy. So uh, I definitely see him getting peppered. I bet you he gets double-digit targets today. So in a PPR league, you know, if he catches eight of them, I mean, that's eight points, and I bet you he goes off against this offense. So, yeah, I'd start him no matter what. Yeah, definitely just uh, prescribed into the uh, start your studs category. And he is obviously definitely falls into that category. Probably if he's not number one overall going in your league, he's definitely in the top five. So you're starting, you're, you're drafting him to start him every single week. So if he's back, he's back, he's in, he's an auto start for me. Um, and then you just hope that he has a decent enough game to kind of warrant, warrant things. All right, last but not least. Or maybe even his list. Um, isn't is Evan Ingram a startable without Trevor Lawrence? Now there is news or is rumors that Trevor Lawrence is going to try and play today. Um, he will be a game time decision. But if he does not play, how does that affect Evan Ingram for you guys? Um, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna swipe right on this one, but I'm gonna leave it in the messages. I think it's kind of a wait and see situation, like. With a, when a lot of these backups have come in, we've seen they have a particular target. They like once they seem to get the rhythm going, that's the only one they go to. So, I mean, obviously with Christian Kirk out, probably the remainder of the regular season, Ingram's targets are gonna go up. But like we don't we don't know what uh, the quarterback situation is. If if Lawrence is able to play, I would say like starting next week and he's back to hundred percent, then I would definitely love this one. But with the backup in potentially against even though the Rams cooked them one of the best defenses um they they know it's a backup quarterback they're just going to put so much pressure on him that it's it's gonna make him pee his pants yeah well, I, I totally agree with Dan his his take on this one spot on I'd put it, I'd leave it in the messages as well and like he said um somebody's got to be the target tree Calvin Ridley certainly hasn't done that great and Christian Kirk's out, and maybe it's a Zay, jo Zay Jones and Evan Ingram day. I'm not sure, but I wouldn't be shocked by that. I'm swipe. I'm going to swipe left. Um, I if, if yeah, if T Law doesn't start, if I'm the Browns, I'm stacking the box. I'm stacking the box. I'm making Bethard beat me 100. Um, and it, it, this is kind of like. Trevor Lawrence not having news yet is kind of pissing me off a little bit because it's going to, it really affects my DFS lineup because 
I'm, I paid up for the Ravens, which are 300 more than the Browns. And I can't quite get to DJ who I have, but if he lost out, I can pay down for the Browns and I can put DJ Moore in my lineup, which I really, really like. So I'm hoping this news comes out here, you know, within the next, I mean, it should be out here within the next, you know, 30 minutes or so. So, but yeah, I, and like I said, I think if, if I'm the Browns head coach, I'm, I'm, I'm making Beathard beat me. Yeah. I was just looking up to see who, it, who law or who Trevor Lawrence's, uh, backup was and it is Iowa's own CJ Beathard. So uh don't like those odds uh there with him on the with him with Beathard. Sorry I cannot talk this morning. It is too early for me guys. I am not used to being up this early on a Sunday. I'm in the same boat. <laughs> so uh we got a couple of minutes before we cap off here. Uh while we're looking at kind of at, at, at these kind of plays is how does I'm not quite sure. I'm trying to look for a follow-up question to fill some time here. Uh, what are some of the other kind of places that we can look at? What are some of those other kind of questionable? Um, oh, I CEH is supposed to start this week. Uh, how do we feel about that? Is that somebody that we want to take a look at playing, or is that somebody that we want to kind of just avoid? Who'd you say? Edwards Hilaire? The Chiefs running back. I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah Edwards Hilaire. Yeah. How do we feel about his situation this week? I don't love it, but personally in DFS, I, I could go with the $4,200 and pay up elsewhere. I mean, you definitely want Zach. To me, a definite plug and play is Zach Moss, but I don't mind CH on the cheap end. I I have a very strong feeling that this is going to turn – that game is going to turn into almost like – playoff game Chiefs versus Bills where Allen and Mahomes just throw 40 times each. Ooh. The only time the running back get involved in those little one yard fake throw little shovel passes that piss you off because you think you bet Kelsey anytime touchdown and the play's open for him, but they threw the little dish pass to Jarek McKinnon or Edwards Hilaire. Um, I think this is a game. I think they're just going to let it rip. I just wouldn't touch a running back I, in this one. I, I think it's going to be a game where they're both going to let it rip. I think that's one, fair. One question I have: McKinnon's healthy, right? Yeah. Yep. So I don't understand all the talk that much about Ceh. I thought maybe I missed an injury report on McKinnon, but uh, I didn't. To me, they'll split the backfield. So, but yeah, I, I think you're right on that one, and I think it's just because Ceh is getting the start, so people see he's getting the start and immediately think him but I think McKinnon's the better play. I do. I just wish he was the same price. I mean, you're losing $600 roughly on that. So, But I still think McKinnon could be the better play. I, I think the, the, one of the things that I've – for gambling and fantasy I've stayed away from is if it's a split backfield and they – and it's a pass-dominant offense, it's not worth looking at. Because then you're always wondering, like, oh, well, maybe they'll go up 30 points and they'll run the ball all game. But when you have, like, like you have a situation like like Detroit or Baltimore where it's a, pretty much a split backfield, but there's 50 to 60% runs, then, then, yeah, I would definitely be taking one of them. But with the fact that at any point they could just say, screw it, we're going to let Mahomes throw every play, that I just wouldn't even risk it. 
Unless, unless you're like desperate, like I need one point to win my league kind of thing, and you're okay with taking two points from one of them. Um, I just wouldn't even touch it. <laughs> yeah, you're stuck in a bye week fiasco type situation that you got to cover something. That would probably be the time to plug those guys in. All right, that takes us to our first break. On the other side of this, we will talk um, some DFS. Jordan and Brian, Jordan and or Brian will get us ready to set some DFS lineups this weekend. Durham Remodeling has been serving the Quad Cities area since 1973, and with over 50 years of excellence on their track record, you'll see why it's so easy to trust their experts when it comes to all of your home improvement projects. This family-owned business has you covered on all your needs. Protect your home or building from the elements today and get great roof repair services. Need new windows? No problem. Durham Remodeling can upgrade your windows and doors. Whether you want to upgrade the little details in your home or office, or want to tear a room down and start fresh, the expert contractors at Durham Remodeling have your back. Even the smallest changes can completely transform your space. Ready to start entertaining your friends for backyard barbecues? Durham Remodeling will help you plan, design, and build your deck and patio for the perfect outdoor space. Durham Remodeling's work is 100% guaranteed, so you can rest assured that you're getting the best service around. Call 309-786-6715 today for your free estimate for all your roofing, siding, flooring, windows, and painting needs. That's Durham Remodeling, 309-786-6715. My name's Ryan Allison. I've spent over a decade immersed in the art of tattooing. Sharply honing my skills has materialized into a diverse and prestigious body of work. Each tattoo reflects my relentless pursuit of excellence, and every client I work with is a living embodiment of that unwavering commitment. I will gladly and wholeheartedly embrace your distinct vision. talk a little DFS. So gentlemen, I will turn the floor over to you. I will finish my donut and I will let you guys decide. Uh, talk a little DFS. <laughs> I'm going to let Jordan, I'm going to let Jordan start because he's already mentioned a bunch of the names that I have in mind for some of my plays. So who's your favorite stack there, Jordan? Oh, my favorite stack. <clears throat> um, God, I've got a lot of them. Um, I would say right now, kind of my favorite stack is going to be, uh, it's tough. Um, cause like I said, I like a few people. I like Justin Fields, DJ Moore. I like Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs. I like, uh, Zach Browning to, uh, Jamar Chase, uh, or uh, yeah, Jake Browning to Jamar Chase. There's, there's a lot. Um, I think what I'm going to go with, um, and you were not on Friday, but Friday, uh, they asked me, uh, he was like, why not do a ladder challenge? with, uh, you know, just creating a lineup and then doing it in the head-to-head and going, um, you know, starting and trying to work your way up. I thought that was a good idea. So that's what we're going to do. So right now, I'm, I, I, it's going to be a pretty chalky lineup, and it, it's going to be uh, Jake Browning's going to be my quarterback in that. So, and I'll get it sent out here on social media at about 11 o'clock. 
So my, my other stacks, I definitely agree with the um, Allen and Diggs, but the two other ones I like, it seems like I come back to them every week, is Purdy and Ayuk. But a little bit contrarian, I actually went with Minshew, Moss, and Michael Pittman in the stack. I I don't like to go three-person stacks typically, but I really I really like that end. And to me, it's a and main slate doesn't have very many high-scoring games, high implied totals, so kind of got right. to reach a little bit. I thought this week. Yeah, I'm. I see, and I went the exact opposite, but I went the same like the same way with a three-person stack. I've got Brown, Mason, and Chase, um, just because I mean you're kind of hitting all your bases. Like I think that game blows up. I really do think that that Cincinnati Indianapolis game is you know a, a, a thirty-one to twenty-eight game or something along those lines. And um, I just, you know, I want to have pieces of it up from both sides. Yeah, I totally get it. I put, I put Chase as my comeback um, player in, in, the, in my primary lineup. So totally, totally agree with that. Um, like I said, it seems like every week I come back to Purdy and IU. So what are some inexpensive yeah. plays that you're kind of, kind of looking at? Um, so that that was kind of the tough spot this whole week. Um, there was a, you know, there's really not a ton of them. Um, like like we've been getting lucky with like a Greg Dorch at you know 3700. We've been getting lucky with uh, like Elijah Moore was a little bit cheaper. I really really liked Elijah Moore until uh, Amari Cooper sounds like he's going to play today. So I was kind of staying away from him. Um, there's really not a ton of of super cheap guys. Um, like under 6,000, I like Zach Moss. Um, I really like Javante Williams too. Um, and then we talked about both, uh, running backs. They're both under 5,000. Um, as far as wide receivers though, um, I don't mind Khalil Shakir or, uh, even Jonathan Mingo. Um, you know, if you really need the salary, Jonathan Mingo got 10 targets last week. Uh, Tampa Bay is a pass funnel defense. So, you know, he sees even half of those and catches them all, you know, I mean, at 3,500, he only needs 10 to 12 points to really pay off in your lineup. Um, yeah. Other than that, there's really, I wasn't really getting any deeper, like even uh, tight ends, you know, I, I didn't really like Kylan Granson. I don't mind Kylan Granson. If you're, if you're kind of stacking people up like Gardner Minshew, Michael Pittman, Kylan Granson kind of thing. And then a bring back with Chase wouldn't be bad. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of salaries that are just, I didn't, I, you know, it's hard to find, it's hard to find where that, that sweet spot is. No, I agree this week. I, I didn't see a lot of lower value. It's a couple of tight ends that I, I don't mind. They're in, they're in the same game would, would be Brevin Jordan and also Tyler Conklin play, playing. They're both 3000 ish. So I didn't, didn't mind them. Um, the, the Texans are kind of interesting without Tank Dell. I, I could see some increased targets from Brevin Jordan since Dal- Dalton Schultz, Schultz is out. And I'm really interested. I don't know what his price tag is, but Noah Brown, do you, can you look that up by chance? Noah Brown? Yeah. Yeah. 5,000. He's a little higher than I would, I would like. I was hoping he'd be more like 4,500, but – I still could consider using him, but the Jets do have a pretty strong defense, so we'll yeah, see. Yeah, I just yeah, the, I, I, I kind of stayed away from that game. 
The thing yeah, to look I mean, at for that game too is it's about to have we're about to have a downpour in New York. Like we're it's supposed to be like almost 30 mile an hour winds. It's supposed it's supposed to be heavy, heavy rain for the next three, four hours. Um, I'm even seeing like betting wise, CJ Stroud's passing line is at 210. Like that that seems unless unless there's some weather, there's no way his line would be that low. And then I looked it up and yeah, we're gonna get an absolute downpour in New York. And this is this is what wow. I was waiting for. This is what kind of worries me. Lawrence expected to play. I know they just showed it across the bottom. So yeah, I think uh, even a hobble Lawrence out there just may, it just scares me off the Browns defense one hundred percent. Like I said, kind of the way I was the way I was looking at my lineup, it works better. To I like the Ravens, so they were my number two pick anyway. So I like the Ravens and switching up a little bit. Were the Ravens and Browns your top two until the news? Yeah, I I had the Ravens ranked as number one um, at first just because Stafford is terrible under pressure. He is awful, um, and and right now they're trending as the highest on the highest on defense on the slate anyway. So it works for my cat like the the lineups I do. So I was gonna go with them regardless, um, but you know paying down for the Browns. Um, also allowed me to get DJ Moore in there. So, but I think what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to switch up at tight end. I think I'm going to stack Isaiah likely with the Ravens defense as like a secondary stack, and it still lets my lineup work the way I want it to. From from a personal question here, so um, with the weather the way it is, would y'all start Nico Collins or T Higgins? I would say Higgins, honestly. I think both teams are looking at like big run games because Cincinnati's probably going to be getting a little bit of the same weather. But I'd trust a backup against the Colts secondary than I would trust um, anyone against that Jets defense and a torrential downpour. Because this, sta- this stadium is so terrible anyway. They're going to try to play cautious with everything. Right. And and you can beat the Jets on the ground, too. So and Damian Pierce and kind of Devin Dingletary being a one two punch at the moment, um, you know, Pierce came back and he looked good. So, you know, I expect him to get a, a you know 15 to 20 touches on the ground today. And yeah, I could definitely see them trying to keep everybody safe, especially with uh, the, the competition for uh, at least for the Texans anyway, trying to keep themselves healthy to make a run here for the playoffs. What is them? I know Singletary was a little higher priced than Pierce, or at least I think he was. What what's the price tag for Pierce today? Uh, I think he's like fifty. Oh. Pierce five thousand too. He's five thousand. He may be worth a play. Yeah, I like I said I Pierce, and he's super cheap. And like I said, I thought maybe last week he wasn't going to get the bulk of the carries after the way Singletary's kind of been running, but nope, he out-touched Singletary uh, one. So, and that was kind of his his real his second game back. So they might be easing him in a little bit, but uh, yeah, he uh, if he's going to get 15, 15 touches, and then uh, the only thing that scares me is he didn't get any receiving work. Yeah. But yeah, um, honestly, like if you look at like highest owned wide receivers on the slate, there there's no like none of the guys who like you would think 
like the usually there's one high price guy. You you know usually it's like a Tyree Hill or you know a Stefan Diggs, Keenan Allen, Justin Jefferson. Keenan Allen right now is he's he's barely cracked the top five and he's you know eighty six hundred. Everybody else at the top is you know fifty five hundred less. Um, Drake London, Rishi Rice, um, yes, cat, um, Garrett Wilson. So right now there's there's a lot of guys who are super cheap like Garrett Wilson at 5500, you know, like with Zach Wilson back behind uh back under center, he's going to probably 10 targets, but then you look at the weather and like we just talked about the weather, you know, it could be a Brees Hall game. So I'm kind of staying away from uh Garrett Wilson. Uh, I paid down a little bit Rishi Rice just cuz I think that game goes off. Um but like I said, um you want to talk about just odd stuff Josh Allen is under 5% owned right now. Um, I know the Chiefs defense has been better this year and they've played some really good ball, but we talked about it about how, you know, you know, this could be one of those playoff type games, like the 13th second game, or, you know, just it could be one of those games where it's like, uh, you know, it's a, it's a last possession with 30 seconds left and somebody's got to get down and score, you know, kick a field goal to make it 45 to, to 42. So, I, if, if I was playing more lineups, I'd definitely have a, I'd have Josh Allen in a lot of them. One, one interesting tidbit I saw out there before we hopped on, I don't know that it means anything, but they said that Austin Eckler is going to split carries with not only Kelly, but also Isaiah Spiller. So I don't know. Eckler's one of the higher priced guys on the board, but he, uh, he's getting in a bigger concern over his playing. He played so poorly last week, so. He's been, yeah, he hasn't been very good, especially since uh, kind of everybody went down. I mean, it's been Keenan Allen show. I mean, Herbert's been ripping the ball, you know, 40 times a game, and Keenan Allen's getting half of those targets. But um, it kind of makes me wonder, you know, are they are they saying that to maybe try to get a little bit more out of Eckler, maybe firing him up a little bit? Um, you know, I I would not be surprised if Eckler finishes as the RB1 this week, just just because he comes yeah. out and he just goes off. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how it plays out. I, I think it's just a bunch of coach speak myself, but you never can tell. Smoke screens sometimes actually have fire. So it could also just be a way for them to just say like, um, like, hey, get it together. Like almost like with Keaton Mitchell and Gus Edwards, where he started getting a lot of his touches, where it was just, hey, get it together. You're, or we're replacing you. All righty, that will take us to the end of this segment. Nice job, as always, gentlemen. On the other side of the break, we're going to do something a little different this week. We're going to have Nick Jansen on. He's going to talk um, about how the weather is going to affect that. We've already kind of talked a little bit about that during this segment, um, but we'll talk We'll talk to him about how weather is going to affect how we set our different lineups and that kind of stuff. So stick around for that. It should be an interesting conversation. We'll see you guys on the other side. Located in the Belgium neighborhood of 7th Street in Moline, Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill is home to some of the Quad City's best food and drink specials. On Sundays, there's no better place to be. Clint's is serving up $1 wings and $2.50 drafts and domestics all day. And your favorite team playing in those out-of-market games? You'll never miss a second of the action on one of their 10 screens with NFL Sunday Ticket. And after you've had your wing and beer fix, finish off your football watching experience with one of their famous Quad City-style pizzas. And folks, they know pizza. They've been spinning QC-style pies for the last 24 years. So make Clint's part of your Sunday football routine. Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill, 7th Street in Moline. 
Are you looking for the largest slice in the Quad Cities? The right spot is Lopez Pizza. It's better than a hot dog and a handshake. They have two great locations, Uptown on Brady for your delivery and catering needs, and Downtown at 429 East 3rd Street in Davenport for the full experience. Lopez is family-owned and family-friendly. Into wrestling like us, you can catch shows every day and twice on Sunday at their downtown location. Who knows, you may run into a local wrestler or a local podcaster or two while you're there. Stop by each month for a different featured slice by various artists. Lopez Pizza, a proud sponsor of the Card Subject to Change podcast on the For Frequency Sake podcast network. For Frequency Sake has you covered on all things sports. From the squared circle to the hardwood and the gridiron to the speedway, we've got something for everyone. Walk down the aisle with the boys from Card Subject to Change every Sunday as they take a deep dive into everything pro wrestling. Need your gambling fix? We've got you there. Enter Pit Row with Rod Villagomez and Fast Money as we win the checkered flag with NASCAR, Xfinity, and truck race winners and props. Football more your style? Explore the waters of NFL DFS with DFS Deep Dive with Brian Craighead and Jordan Kernan each week. More into the science portion of the game? We've got a double dose of action there. The Professor John Bush and Dennis Michelson take you into their science lab and dissect your week in the data lab. Want an analytical take? Nick Gurl and the team at Gridiron AI come to you each week with The Lab. Need to know who to start last minute? The network's flagship show, for fantasy's sake, is here in a pinch. The fellows come to you live every football Sunday from 10 to 1130 Central with the week's best DFS, gambling, and lineup advice. And wrap up your Sundays with Joe Winkle and Nick Brinks as they come to you live with educated ignorance looking at all the day's action. Can't get enough of Joe? He comes to you three times a week. Not enough football on Sunday? Not a problem. Kick your feet up at lunch on Monday and slip on into the football lounge with Mark and Dan while they look at the week that was in news, notes, and more. For frequency's sake, you know what we mean. All righty, and welcome back. All right, so we are here with Nick Jansen. We're going to talk a little weather right now. Um, Nick, nice to meet you. Uh, if you would be so kind, maybe kind of lay out kind of uh, a little bit of your kind of weather background and a little bit of your fancy fa- football background, please. <clears throat> yeah, sure thing. So uh, I'm from the Quad Cities, uh, so born and raised in Illinois, went to northern Illinois, got my uh, meteorology degree there. Um, and then I've worked at a couple different TV stations across Illinois, so worked in Rockford and then uh, Peoria. And now I'm the chief meteorologist at the NBC station here in Rochester, Minnesota, and you can see over my shoulder. Big Tom Brady fan, so uh, me and DJ would always get into it uh, growing up a little bit there between uh, Chiefs and Chiefs and Pats, right? Uh, so fantasy-wise, I mean, obviously, I always played fantasy football. I'm more of a fantasy baseball guy. I really like uh, Dynasty in terms of uh, looking at uh, fantasy-wise, but in several different football leagues, and I think uh, one of the big things I'm struggling with today is looking at a lot of the weather that we have on the East Coast, right? So I got uh, in a couple of my dynasty leagues, I have C.J. Stroud as my quarterback, but was considering benching him uh, because of the impending really heavy rainfall that could take place uh, up in New York City later on. I mean, they have flood watches all across the eastern seaboard here uh, with a pretty strong system. So I think the main two games impacted, at least early on today, would be that Baltimore and – Rams game, so that's at noon, and then the noon game between the Jets and the Texans. Um, other than that, I don't really see any weather impacts. Really, the rest of, for any of the other slates, maybe a little bit. If you have some guys playing Monday nights with uh, the Giants and Packers, might be a little windy back behind the cold front. But other than that, it's the it's Baltimore and LA, and then uh, looking at the the Jets and Texans. If you have 
some of those guys on your team. So I've, I've considered on the same team uh, where I'm looking at CJ Stroud, also have Garrett Wilson. So kind of considering some other options there since the Jets can't move the ball at all. So, and a question for you, just as I've been curious about this from the, from a gambling perspective, I know like sure. I mentioned earlier in the show with like CJ Stroud's uh, passing yard line dropped significantly because of the rain. And obviously, you know, I think a lot of people stayed away from that, but I've been noticing even with lions and bears, um, everything from what I'm seeing over here in New York doesn't show a lot of significant weather other than it's going to be cold in Chicago, but I'm seeing a lot of um, like Goff's lines are dropping really low. Um, Amon Ra and Laporta's lines are starting to drop. Is there anything kind of going on over in that area? Um, precipitation wise, no, there isn't. Um, the biggest thing would probably just be the cold weather with Goff. Um, I think a lot of people are scared of him in terms of when he has to play in outdoor games. And I'm kind of looking at my computer right now just to see what like the surface wind gusts are in terms. And I mean, they're not that impressive. So, I mean, wind shouldn't be that big of an issue, 10 to 20 miles per hour. I don't think that really becomes an issue with quarterbacks until you start to get over, you know, 25 to 30. Um, Golf, obviously, I mean, I, I know people are worried about that arm strength and stuff like that, but. Uh, I just think with the Lions outdoors, right, you're probably going to run the football. You have Monty and you have Gibbs, both healthy. Um, and, I mean, I think, well, they did come back and beat the beat the Bears that first time um, at Ford Field. But I would assume just the just being scared. I mean, surface temperatures in Chicago today probably be uh, low 30s. So it's not super cold, but you're still around freezing. So that would be my guess on why some of the Lions makers might be dropping some of those lines in terms of golf here, but there's uh, other than, other than the Eastern seaboard, I don't think anywhere we'll see any type of precipitation coming up today. So if you're gambling or you're setting your fantasy lineups, the only thing you have to worry about is those two early games um, in Baltimore and then uh, at, at MetLife, I think. And really MetLife too with CJ, you know, I would try to bet that the overs on any first half or first quarter uh, type of prop that's there because I don't think the rain comes into play until probably halftime second half. So you're probably looking at rain in New York by like uh, 1.30, 2 o'clock. So I mean, if you want to take a gamble on first half type things, that'd probably be the way to go. That just gave me an idea. I'm looking at that right now. When there's weather expected like that, I'm, I'm assuming the tendencies become more ground heavy and less passive. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, I guess it, it kind of really depends on too what the wind would be. I know some quarterbacks, and even if you talk to pitchers in the MLB, sometimes they like the ball a little damp. Um, so it kind of just depends on what the preference is. You know, I, uh, as a grown up as a Pats fan, right. I always, you know, kind of looked looked at what Brady did in some of those cold weather games or even the snow game against Tennessee where he throws for six touchdowns, right, in the first half, and that was pretty much a blizzard. So I think it just kind of depends on the team. Um, I think it will impact the Jets more than it will, like the Texans, or, you know, maybe you see Baltimore, if it is a consistent rain most of the day, they're on the ground. So, yeah, I think it's easier to say that a lot of times, like you, the ground game, you're going to try to get that going, especially when the wind and the rain. Um, I will say I've always wondered with the snow, and you'd have to talk to obviously a, a, a pro player about this or any type of level player. I always thought the offense would have an advantage in any type of snow game because they know where they're running. 
and the DBs and linebackers, they don't know where the offensive player is running. So you think you'd be able uh, to get the defensive player a little bit more off balance in terms of playing in the snow and stuff. So, uh, yeah, again, it just depends on really how, how heavy the precip is and how strong the winds are. The winds will be pretty strong out east uh, today and tomorrow. So I, that, that could play a role. Like if you have Justin Tucker, maybe you have a different option. Or if you're, you know, I think, you know, the weather is really going to impact some of those kicking games um, in terms of even your punts. You know, I, I don't, I'm not a huge gambler, but, you know, if you can bet on punting, if that is a thing, maybe, you know, you would take the under on any type of punts or, so, or the over and total punts or something like that. Danny's got it. I think it's the only thing that has that. I, I, the only way I know that one is because a kid from my high school is the punter for the Rams. And I was like trying to find something to bet on him just so I could like clown him if it lost as a joke. <laughs> and then I saw it said over under like three punts in the game. And then that was the game they like blew out the Cardinals and uh, he touched the ball one time the whole game. <laughs> Nick, what do you think is more challenging for, for players? And this may be something we'd have to ask them, but you think it's more challenging for them to play while the precipitation is happening or maybe after it's done and they're still trying to deal with there's puddles on the ground or giant snow, snow mounds, you know? Yeah, I think um, I, I would, I would probably, probably say during, and I would cite that, uh, what was it? The bears Niners game to lead off the season last year where you had that monsoon game and uh, the bears ended up winning like 10, three or 10, six or something like that. Um, so I definitely think it's during um, because you run into the problem. If guys have visors, you know, you get to start to get the water on the visors and all that stuff. And it's just, a, it, I, I would assume it's a lot harder to hold on to the ball, uh, catch the ball. And then if visibility becomes an issue, even, you know, that, you know, even though we're that, you know, we're on the surface, um, I would say, I would say while it's happening, um, the biggest thing in terms of snowfall, I think the cold weather impacts guys more than the snow would. Um, at that point in time, uh, just because, I mean, some of those warm teams, dome teams, I mean, they don't, they don't want to play outside um, and that type of stuff. So I would say during rather than after. That's fair. Anybody else got any questions for Nick? Yeah, I'll, I'm, I'll have one. So I've asked the other gentleman this question, but with the weather up in New York, um, would you go with T Higgins and, and a much better, weather game or Nico Collins with concerns over the weather? Oh, that's, that's a tough one. Um, I'm always a fan of you're going to play your best players, no matter the situation. Um, especially with T cause I have him in a couple, in a couple different leagues. And obviously he's been frustrating this year and he's not a true number one option. And now if, if Burrow was healthy, I'd probably tell you to go Higgins. Uh, but, uh, with Collins and then with Tank Dell out, I think, yeah, still have to go Nico, especially in the first half. If the Texans, um, are able to take a, a, a quick lead in the first half before the rain really starts to pick up by, you know, one thirty, two o'clock, I'd probably still try to take Nico. I think he could have a better first half than maybe Higgins could have a whole game. Yeah. That's a, that, that's a tough one though, to try to d decide between those two. Yeah, exactly. Especially with the backup quarterback, like you said, it's a it's a tough call. Yeah, I so, think if Burrow's healthy, I think you ride with Cincinnati. Yeah. So just because DJ will be in the comments all about this, what's the what's the weather looking like for that Chiefs game tonight? 
Uh, Kansas City looks good. I mean, they have a high in the mid 40s, uh, so it shouldn't be a problem. Wind won't be an issue, so we'll see. Hopefully, uh, a lot of times I root against the Chiefs, so we'll see if uh, we'll see if Allen and the Bills can finally can finally beat the Chiefs here. Do you rank weather or do you rank weather weathermen the way we rank like quarterbacks and, and tight ends and those types of things? You go like that guy in Seattle doesn't know what he's talking about. The guy <laughs> you know what? It, you know the that, is, that is <laughs> yeah, that is a that is a great question. Yeah, you definitely um yes, uh yes you do. You kinda especially in the broadcast realm of things, it's a lot like sports where um, you know, we're all under contracts, we all sign contracts, you know, I signed like a three year deal um with my TV station. Uh, and then after that, you're kind of a free agent or they can resign you and stuff like that. Um, so you definitely kind of pick and choose what got what people, you know, not just men, but females um, that you kind of like to watch and their style and that type of stuff. There's a lot of um, you you study a lot of film. I study a lot of film is how I, I you know, growing up as an athlete, I like to like to talk, talk about it. You watch a lot of people um, and try to get try to get advice from from the older people in the in the profession. That's why I love it, because it's. Uh, it's competition every day. It's so much fun uh, to try to come up and and have the best forecast, right? And have people rely on you compared to just the guy down the street. Uh, so it's 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 really really fun, uh, and it's really hard. I mean, I'll be honest, the weather's freaking impossible <laughs> to to try to forecast more. It's so hard, uh, but it's fun at the same time. So yeah, we I, I definitely have a little ranking with the people that I like and that I don't like. You ever you ever look at them? Stats of of how many. You know how many days you get right in a row or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, I actually I got a whole spreadsheet uh, that I keep track month by month of everyone on my weather team compared to the other people in the market. Um, so we I keep track of the high temperature for the day of the then the next day and then the and then the lows. Um, and then when we do forecast for precip, I have a little section in the spreadsheet where I can put down other people's forecasts just to kind of see, you know, how we're doing compared to everyone else and where, where we need to, you know, improve on as, as the chief, I'm kind of the, I'm the boss of the weather team here at, uh, at the NBC affiliate. So it's, it's fun to keep track of that and see how, how we're doing compared to others. All right. Anybody else got anything for Nick before we turn him loose? Yeah. DJ has requested. We ask you about being left in the corner at the rock garden. Uh, yeah, that, uh, that was tough. That's how, that's how DJ and I, uh, first met. Uh, yeah, they drew up, uh, drew up a play for me in the corner to hit a, to bang a game winning three. And, uh, I was talking a little, talking a little trash to DJ there. He's of course sitting on the sideline, but you know, I was talking a little trash to him. So I was going to hit this three and then I never got the ball. So, uh, <laughs> at, least, at least, at least I had the mindset that I was going to be a killer that day. There's an alternate universe where you hit that shot. So. Well, you know, I did, you know, make sure DJ knows I did drop uh, 16 in the second half on their little like 50th anniversary or something at the Rock Garden and beat them the year before. So I guess, you know, you can't can't win. Can't win two years in a row there. Right. <laughs> All right, Nick. Well, this has been great. Thank you very much for popping on. Uh, a lot of great sure stuff thing. there. We should bring you back more often. Thank you, sir. Yep. No problem. Have a good one. All righty, guys. Um, on the other side of this, looks like we're going to have Danny talking a little bit about uh, gambling. Looks like some plays that we're going to be looking at this week. Take your energy level to new heights this football season with Lifted Energy. Try any of Lifted's nine specialty energy drinks or create your own and conquer fatigue. Visit Lifted this fall at 2430 16th Street, Moline, 
or check their Facebook page at Lifted Energy to see what festival, market, or fair they are popping up at today. Lifted Energy, get lifted. Hate mowing? Need your lawn or business landscaped? Having trouble with an unruly yard that your neighbors hate? Yard Barbers LLC is your hookup. Mowing, weeding, edging, trimming, aerating, fertilizing, haul away, they can do it all. And they aren't just good for your summertime yard blues. They work all year long, and you can get signed up for their winter services for that annoying snow and ice removal. Find Yard Barbers on Facebook at Yard Barbers LLC, send them an email at yardbarbersqc at gmail.com, or shoot them a text at 309 235 1595. Alrighty, and we are back. Mr. Hancock, what do you got for for us this week? So I had I had a bit of a weird week, uh, you know, with the engagement and all. I kind of looked at lines up until about five this morning and I realized, oh, I had nothing. Um so, but I did manage to come up. I got a lot of plays I really do like. Um, so and they're all gonna be right here on the bottom of the screen as well. So you will be able to see them as I talk about them. So my first big one is Drake London over 49 and a half receiving yards. I hate betting Arthur Smith. Y'all have heard it every week how much I hate Arthur Smith. But the the Buccaneers have just been god-awful in passing defense since their bye week. Some they've The teams have figured out something to get past this team. Drake London got... Um, has hit this line two consecutive games. And the last time he played Tampa Bay at home with Desmond Ritter as quarterback, he had 114 yards. So I think he's going to go off again. 49 seems like a low line for a team that's been given up at least 60 or more yards to every, at least every wide receiver one since their bye week. Um, So I, I think that cashes with ease. This next one is a little bit of a lean. I put a little bit less than a unit on it. It is, Detroit and Chicago over 42 and a half. Um, I really like this line. It was 45 when I first saw it, and it's dropped all the way to 42, which made me a bit nervous. But, and also there's a stat I found that 70% of the teams this year after their bye week have went under on their game line, and they went under 42 about 50% of the time. But this is Detroit. This is a fast-paced offense. This is a division matchup between um, – Two teams that just hate each other. So I think I think this game will go over. It, we could see a last-minute, uh, you know, vulture touchdown, garbage time play that gets us over this, but I like the over there. Um, we also have the Colts' money line. I took it at minus 135 um, before um, we saw what, the, what Browning did to Jacksonville, but I still like Indy in this situation. They're in a must-win situation. Versus Cincinnati is just kind of floating in um, like open space right now. They're not really pushing for a playoff spot, but they're not trying to tank. Um, Indy needs a win, especially against a team that Texas, uh, Houston has already beat. And if Houston loses today to the Jets, that gives them even more of an advantage. So I like Indy pulling something out today and getting a really ugly looking win. Uh, I have Baltimore. Next one is Baltimore minus seven. Again, after the bye, most of these teams have covered. Um, L.A. played a team that just uh, – I think they just called the Browns on an off week, and they dominated. But Baltimore on a little over a week and a half of rest, 
going up against this LA team. I I just think Baltimore's gonna come out. They've had time to game plan how they're gonna play without Andrew now. They're gonna come out strong. They're gonna come out to make sure they can secure the top spot in the division. So they're gonna make sure they win this game. They're gonna blow them out. I hate this play. I I really hate this play, but I had to take it. Car- I took Carolina plus six. These two teams, I don't know what it is. I don't it even when it was Drew Brees and whatever backup they could stomach in Carolina. These teams always go low scoring games. These games are always somehow close. New Orleans defense has been regressing and regressing every single week. It's a after the Carolina did not play that bad last week. It was just the rain that made it hard to play. I mean, they're running back against one of the best running back team running back defenses in the NFL had over a hundred yards. So I think with this injured team that's slowly regressing, this is way too high of a line. I I don't think they'll win this game, but I think it's going to be within a field goal. So I take the plus six. Um, If you want to take the money line, it is currently at plus two forty. I think two hundred on the dot. It just went. It's going closer towards a hundred. So I think some people are trying to catch up on it. But I like Carolina plus six here. Um, and then we have a we have two plays that one of them is another lean. It is Denver plus three. Um, I actually have it right here on my screen. We talked last week about how lucky Denver is as a team. And so this is why I took them. So I think the market overreacted a bit to their loss to Houston. But look, Denver sits right here as the seventh luckiest team in the NFL. And they're playing a Chargers team who, yeah, they won last week, but they only managed six points against the Patriots. And they won 6-0 against one of the worst teams. And if you notice, the Chargers are the fourth most unlucky team in the NFL. So what what luck would it be? Like, how unlucky would it be that you come off a win, you're playing at home against a rival, you're the favorite, and you get beat? And how much more lucky would that get Denver? I think their luck rating actually has... um. I think their luck rate was supposed to be projected around 10 or 11. So they're right around where a little bit higher than where they should be, but they've had the, one of the luckiest schedules and the luckiest streaks. I think it's going to pick back up after that loss to Houston and they're going to win this game, but I took the spread just to be safe. And explain the, the, oops, what's up? Sorry. Let's say explain the luck rating thing to me. Cause I'm not quite sure how you, how you, I honestly, that. I'm still getting used to it. This is from a pro better. I follow uh, named Stucky. He kind of goes over it. Uh, let me pull it back up. So luck rating just goes over pretty much. Um, it goes over pretty much everything. Like, you know, you see like, like if you look at a quarterback's line and it says he threw three interceptions, but two of them were balls in the receiver's hands that they just bobbled. That's not on the quarterback. That's an unlucky interception, right? So it, it takes into fact the, oh, Denver played this team, but, oh, their quarterback got hurt in the first quarter, and they didn't have a quarterback for the rest of the game. That's unlucky. They wouldn't have won that game if it wasn't for that. They got lucky. That's the kind of thing. If you look at their schedule, they've had a couple teams that they've just played that have been like either hit with an injury or something happened in the game. Like you got like the Texans game. If they had won that, 
their luck rating would have went up because the top receiver in Houston got hurt mid game. It was out for the game. You got the Vikings with the backup quarterback. They won. Yes. Josh Dobbs is good, but in the eyes of a luck rating, you would take a starter starting quarterback over a backup anyway. So, you know, they, and they barely came out with that. So that's fairly lucky. Bill's game fairly close. They got lucky. If you look at a lot of their wins, it's come down to close calls, last minute scores, stuff where it hasn't been the Broncos beating teams. It's just been, they got that one play that put them over the edge and the other team just fumbled it. And that's, and that's kind of how the luck rating works. Um, I haven't done too much detail into it. I've just blindly followed this man and it's worked. I think I'm like six and O on bets I've taken on the luck rating. Um, But yeah, that's, I, I I thought Denver was going to win this game to begin with, and then I saw that the Chargers have the fourth or the fourth most unlucky team in the NFL this year, and that just pretty much put it over the top for me. Because especially when you look at how the Chargers played, they finally get healthy, they lose their wide receiver too. They they finally get some kind of rhythm going. Justin Herbert gets gets whatever hand injury he had. They they finally get something going. Their coach sucks. They 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 can't seem to get nothing going, and that's why I like that one. And the last one I have here is my play of the day. It actually just got posted about 10 minutes ago on Twitter. So make sure you guys follow Gotham Gambling on Twitter. We have that up. It is Jared Goff over one and a half touchdowns. Now, and this is why I was asking Nick about it, because I was a little worried when I saw this line was at plus 108 on just about every book I've seen. But if you look right here, he has hit this line in six of his nine games this year. The only games he didn't was when he was struggling at the beginning of the year, that Baltimore blowout, and the Vegas game. But head-to-head, he has only missed this line one time against the Bears. The, ever since their bye week, or so not their bye week, ever since that Baltimore game, they've kind of put the ball in his hands more now that I think it's now, honestly, I feel like now that they haven't had to use Gibbs as a running back, they've been putting the ball more in his hands, it feels like. So I think um, this is another opportunity for them to get a step up in the division, especially with the way the Packers and the Vikings have been playing lately. They're going to want to dominate. If they get, if the ball is not with inside the five-yard line, they're throwing it in the red zone. So I really like, I really like uh, Jared Goff there for that line that's our play of the day we put one and a half units on it um but yeah that's that's all i got for today um we have some other plays that you you'll see on the bottom of the screen here like alan's passing yards Goff to have the most passing yards in that game um stuff like that i found that it's not on my full card but i really like it so that's what we have for today uh what are you guys thoughts i tailed them all (laughs) Jordan's my one blind follower. I could post the worst play ever, and he's going to take. <laughs> I'm blind I mean, on basketball side. Yeah, I mean, if you look at everything you've done, honestly, you, I mean, you've never been. I mean, even your losses aren't that big. You know, they're not that far off. So, I mean, in the research you do, the apps that you have, I mean, it's been honestly. Had I stuck to your plays more, like I always like to get cute and think that I know what I'm talking about when it comes to betting. And I don't. So, like, had I stuck to your plays without trying to add my own leg or something like that, I'd be up so much money right now. It probably wouldn't even be, like, funny. But every time I, I, I just – I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what? This line looks good. 
oh, the Cowboys are playing? Cool. Yeah, I'll add this guy because I like the Cowboys. But And that's where I get myself into trouble. But, man, I, yeah, I love watching. I love following your posts. I share them all the time. So if you can't find him at Gotham Gambling, find me at uh, jfantasy underscore sports on X. And uh, they're probably on my page somewhere. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. Like, I want to post like a plus like ten thousand play one time, and I just know like I'm gonna look and see Jordan put fifty bucks on it. <laughs> like that's the thing. I'll put like five bucks on a play, and I'll look and Jordan's put a hundred on it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right. But so we got. Go ahead. I was gonna say, but other than that, um, we are uh, we're gonna be doing a show after this. We're gonna do a rapid fire going over, um. Based on the lines, what bet I like the most for each game for the one o'clock, four o'clock slate. We're gonna have a uh, primetime parlay for the Chiefs Bills game, even though I hate betting the Chiefs. We did one last week for the Eagles game and it hit. So we're gonna try to get another one out for you guys this week. So uh, once again, uh, make sure you guys follow us over at twelve thirty, and make sure you guys follow us on Twitter for the rest of the plays. I have one question, real quick. So you you'd parlay on college basketball with Purdue, Kansas, and Duke yesterday. Did it hit? Yeah. Okay. So do you think Duke is going to beat Troy on the 23rd? Probably. Of December. <laughs> because uh, I don't know why, but I was I I put I tied in Duke and they were plus 250. And I'm like, oh, I was like, Dan likes this line. I was like, yeah, hey, whatever, I'm gonna follow it. Well, I bet on not yesterday's game, but I bet on the 23rd game. So the parlay. How did you even hit. find that? I I don't know. Uh, ESPN bet has a weird thing, I guess. But I typed you took the Duke. college football Duke. Did I? Oh, you God, took I'm you took them in. against Troy in college in college football. That's what it. <laughs> so yeah, good thing I only put two thirty seven <laughs> on the parlay, but <laughs> we're gonna be rooting for uh, Duke then. Let's go. Well, I'll be on vacation then, so we'll be so I'll 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 check into that game, see how see how Jordan's day is going. <laughs> um, we got a little time to fill since Joe's not here this week. Before we jump over into kind of the backup game that DJ sent me, I I was a little curious because I saw the Heisman results this morning. Um, I was a little bit surprised that the LSU quarterback kind of won that. He wasn't a guy that I've heard, and I'm kind of not big into college football, so. He wasn't a guy who I haven't heard his name was. He wasn't really kind of on my radar. And then to see him win the Heisman kind of surprised me a little bit. So am I just just that out of touch, or was he kind of a surprise thing, um, a surprise winner? Um, I'm trying to think of the right way to explain it. Um, um, well, his... so you remember remember that like two year period where Romo was like QB one because they were always losing, but he was throwing for five like 400 yards. Like that, he they that team had no defense, and it was up to him basically to throw the ball every game. I mean, he was great, honestly. As an LSU fan watching it, I kind of knew after like week three he was going to win it, um, or I was hoping at least he would win it. Uh, but yeah, he was throwing for like four, almost like 400, 500 yards a game, and rushing for about a hundred. Yeah, his pro stock has been on the incline here he he was from arizona state and uh two years ago he was considered a pretty high prospect and then he had kind of a letdown at arizona state transferred to lsu and last year was good this year was obviously awesome and in, the, in terms of like a recent uh, cbs mock he's actually considered number two uh, in terms in terms of the number two draft pick for the coming year behind may out of um 
North Carolina. So I don't know. I mean, he's a very talented quarterback, but he kind of semi came out of nowhere. I've got him in a Debbie league, which is kind of funny. I've held on to him since he was at Arizona State. So no, yeah. I, he's he was um he's been good. It's just one of those where if LSU was like fighting for a college football playoff spot, I think he would have a I would have had a lot more recognition, but because they were fighting to stay in the top twenty-five, he kind of just went a little um undershadowed. Yeah. I mean, you'd rather be a quarterback at Alabama who's only average and but yeah, they'll get all the attention because they play for Alabama. So like didn't the didn't the kid for uh, Alabama the quarterback finish like sixth in the Heisman trophy? Yeah, and he struggled like the first four or five weeks of the season. Trust me, if he if he wasn't in Alabama, he wouldn't have been sixth. So No. Where'd Jordan Travis He's- finish? Fifth, joining right now. <laughs> yeah, I thought, this was gonna be the that, I thought this was going to be the year that a non-quarterback was going to win it, and was going to go to to Marvin Harrison Jr. just because he's just so dominant. All right, so I'm curious with that for you guys because I've seen a lot where, especially because of LSU's top receiver, outdid Harrison in every single statistical category. Just about and like, what are your thoughts on that? On Harrison winning wide receiver, the top wide receiver over neighbors. Some of that is always a popularity contest and name recognition, as well. You know, he goes to Ohio State. He's the son of an NFL Hall of Famer. He's, you know, he's on primetime games every week. So some of that, it is a bit of a it is a bit of a political game as opposed to, you know, play on the field and then stats don't always tell the full story type thing. So because he had as the outsider and just kind of hearing, you know, I would hear Marvin Harrison every week, you know, on just kind of just based upon just the scuttlebutt, but, but not the, the LSU wide receiver or anybody from LSU. really. And I think that's also a part of it is they don't want to, so many awards they don't want to give them all to lsu for for example i mean that would look like i mean if that was going to be the case lsu should be number one and especially if they're getting every every award so yeah i just i mean the dude put up 1600 yards on 80 catches like like give you got y'all they got to give him some kind of credit yeah we could see an amon raw where he's going to memorize like every wide receiver before him and just go off in his rookie year. Well, exactly. Yeah, that very well could happen. I think Harrison will have a good career too, though. Yeah, he'll look very nice in Chicago Blue and Orange. Hopefully, goes to the Patriots. The guy that really fell <laughs> the real the guy that the guy that really fell off the radar though is Caleb Williams, right? Yeah, yeah, he yeah he was just like the lock to be the number one pick. Um, at the start, I have, of the, start of the season, it's just. I have a, a conspiracy theory that he knew he was going to go to like, like the Bears or the Cardinals or something like that, and he just tanked his draft stock on purpose because he didn't care. Like he he he's made his millions in college this year. He 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 knew they weren't going to be able to make the top four. He just tanked his draft stock so he'd fall to a better team. 
I mean, and it's been done. I, I didn't watch the Heisman, but he was he wasn't one of the ones invited to New York, right? Mm-mm. It was it was Penix, Bo Nix, and McDaniel's. Well, now Bo Nix is an interesting one. I uh, I'm going to go on a limb right now and say he won't have a very good NFL career. He wasn't oh, very good at Auburn. Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> he's been around for forever. He has. The he's had more thing, years in college than letters in his name. Yeah. <laughs> the funniest thing to me is last night I saw um, the quarterback for Oklahoma that played at UCF is now transferring to Oregon. Yeah. That was how Bo Nix announced he got drafted was they found it, they announced his replacement. And I think <laughs> going to the gym. This is like his sixth year of college football or something. So. Yeah. I mean, I remember him at Auburn. I don't know how many steps have been between Auburn and Oregon, but. Yeah, Nix has been around, but the, the guy from Oklahoma now at Oregon, this is his third stop. And he played three years at UCF, two years at Oklahoma, and now he gets another year. So he, I think it's going to be a sixth year of college football. That COVID year just made everything crazy. Yeah. Yeah. To me, if you're any good, though, you'd have declared for the draft, not go to Oregon. Maybe, or unless you think that that's going to be enough to push you from – you know, a day two pick to a day one pick. Maybe that's what you're looking for. Get that extra bump in money. Maybe that's yeah. I'll be as old as Chris Winky. <laughs> There's a name I haven't heard in a hot minute. I'm old enough to remember seeing him play at Florida State. At Florida State. Same here. They had a special on Florida State about a week ago on ESPN, and they were talking to Winky. He was kind of the person they that they documented the report around. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Those were, those were the glory days back then. God, I think, well, I was seven when the USC Texas Rose Bowl was. That's how young. <laughs> uh, that was in what? 2000, 2005. 2005. Wow. Yeah. I wish I was seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was closer to 37, but. <laughs> I was in first grade when that came out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm trying to think. 2005. Yeah, that's actually pretty much an exact number for me. 37. So <laughs> that would have been. Was that 15 years ago? That would have been like 32? 18. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm close to 27, but still. God, I'm, I'm dropping the average age of the show down significantly. No, no, for me and Brian are cool. We take it up. All right, so we got a couple of I don't think we have enough time to actually play the game, but so um, I think what we'll do is we'll go to commercial break, we'll come back, we'll take people's questions, we'll take what we've got kind of already in the queue. We'll start with those. If you guys have more, send them our way. Um, and then we can kind of go through, you know. The stuff, the, the the kind of rapid fire stuff at the end, the QB one of the week and that kind of thing that sometimes we we skip by. So I think that's a, a good plan for now. So get those questions in. We'll get them answered on the other side of the break. Do you love everything sports? So do we. That's why we shop at Atomic Sports Cards and Collectibles. Atomic has everything you could ever want to blow up your collections. They have sports cards ranging from the 1980s to today, whether it's singles, wax packs, hangers, or boxes. 
They've got vintage hats, clothes, and collectibles from your favorite teams to widen your collection. Check out Atomic Sports Cards and Collectibles today at 102 4th Street West, Milan, Illinois. View from the West, the podcast covering Illinois high school football. Weekly analysis and reaction from around the western side of the state of Illinois. This is the game we had circled when the year started. Follow along on YouTube and Twitter and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It's big time football out there tonight. And I know we can play big time football. You from the West. We got you covered. All right. We are back. We're actually going to work a little backwards here just because I kind of skipped over one during the DFS segment. It was from DJ, so that's why I kind of skipped over it. But for Brian and Jordan, um, what's your feelings of playing Dave Montgomery this week in DFS? Oh, give me a revenge game. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, the mat- the matchup's really good. I'd be-, I'd be fine playing him. Now, personally, I went Jameer Gibbs in my lineups, but yeah, definitely, definitely could see the revenge game factor here. Yeah, I was by uh, the David Montgomery train just because he's a little bit cheaper still. He's still getting more carries, and uh, he is involved in the passing game. Just the target. Uh, no, I lied. Uh, I think uh, Gibb got six last week, though. But Montgomery still got two targets and caught them both. So um, he'll end that. So get some passing game work, and uh, he's getting the goal line carries as well. So. I like Monty's upside for just a little bit cheaper price. And then, yeah, Benjamin is probably uh, – it, it's 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 something that you can play, but, you know, don't always count on it. The redactives yeah. – since Joe's not here, we'll just say the, the term redactives for sure. They, they suck, so. <laughs> yes, yeah. All right, we're going to jump up here. We will see um, – the future Mrs. Hancock wants to know. Uh, Devontae Smith or DK Metcalf? Uh, Devontae. I'm, I'm staying out of this because if she wins, I have to play her next week. Uh oh. Well, well definitely I don't want to be too helpful, <laughs> but it's got to be Devontae Smith because the, the matchup for DK against the 49ers is awful. I wouldn't trust a single, 40, um, single Seahawks player today. And Geno Smith is actually. Considered questionable, maybe more on the closer side of doubtful. So, yeah, I, uh, I mean, I guess if you look at what happened last Thursday, I mean, look what DK Metcalf just did to uh, to the Cowboys, and I know that's more of a you know an AJ Brown thing, but you know if the Cowboys are like, all right, hey, we're not going to let their one beat us, then Devonta Smith is the uh, immediate uh, benefactor there. So I like Devonta Smith. I agree with Brian's thoughts on uh, Cisco just being a little bit, a little bit tougher. Yeah, yeah, I think Brian's got that laid out very well there, and I like that, that kind of play. Um, so yeah, if, so if, Smith, if DK goes off, the amount of shit I'm about to hear <laughs> the whole day. <laughs> Don't worry, you're safe, Dan. <laughs> She's gonna be cussing y'all out all day watching DK if he goes off. I'm not giving my I'm not giving my cell phone number. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm betting DK, and then boom. I'm betting DK three plus touchdowns right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a win-win uh, situation. Sounds like you're ten cents point. to ten million. <laughs> sounds She's like, like you're next week and just read into rail into all of us and. <laughs> 
Uh, it'll be glorious. So that would be here to take the to take. She'll, she'll right. bring that up in her wedding vows. I'm <laughs> sure she will. Remember that time that Jordan, Brian, and Doug lied to me. Those guys are not invited. Remember that time you're both not to play. <laughs> She's got Justin Jefferson and Waddle too, so I think she'll be fine either way. Is she in that sixteen yeah. league? Yeah, that's six-team league that we're just all stacked. Oh God, that's just nasty. And she's got Mahomes. Nice. That's got to be fun. All right. So let's take a look at, um, while we wait for some more questions to come in, um, who do you guys have for your – let's mix it up. Let's go wide receiver one this week. Tyreek. Yeah, I think Tyreek's going to blow that team out. I, I got to agree with that one. Yeah, it's a tough one, honestly. I mean, yeah, I think there's really nobody else that kind of pops off. I mean, maybe maybe Keenan Allen gives him a run for his money just off sheer volume. So I'll go Keenan Allen. I'm going to feel Mike Evans this week just for, just for the contradictory play. I lied. Can I change? I'm changing mine to DJ Moore. That's also a good choice. Uh, I've got uh, ESPN over here on the TV to the side. They had DJ Moore who's ranked as the number 14 wide receiver this week, which is just just cowards. But they had uh, but they had Justin Fields as the ninth ranked quarterback. So I'm not quite sure how that all how they arrived. Cole Komet, baby. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Speaking of tight ends, who do you want to use your tight end one this week? I want to say commit, but no, it, it's going to be Ferguson. They, Eagles, Eagles give up six receptions a game to tight ends. Um, that he's he's going to go off. I, I want to speak Brevin Jordan into existence, but I'm going to have to go with Laporta. Yeah, Laporte is the guy that I always roll with as well with these things, and especially facing the Bears this week, that feels like a, kind of a juicy matchup for him. Somebody's got to say Travis Kelsey just so that we get the ratings numbers. Um, I don't know. So how the DJ well won't yell at us. Yeah, I don't know how well Travis that'll Kelsey. go over, but at least they show Taylor Swift, which is the only reason to watch Chiefs games. My tight end one is Taylor Swift. <laughs> Yep. I found a shirt I was gonna wear on broadcast, and it was just a photo of it was a chief, it had the Chiefs logo, but it was just a photo of Taylor Swift's face. Yep. And I was just gonna, I was just gonna wear that. We need to do that in the playoffs as a reverse jinx. Yeah. <laughs> All right, who do we like as RB one this week? I usually say Eckler. But I'm going to say not Eckler and um, go with CMC. I'm going to go with a bold one. I'm going to say Brees Hall. I just posted my bank builder challenge. So the little ladder challenge that I had. I had CMC when I started, but everybody's on CMC with the news about Taysom Hill and uh, uh, what's the other guy? Rashid Shahid being out, Alvin Kamara. I, again, like to do the oppo play. I'm actually going to say A-chain this week. Just for, they're going to be all, Tyreek's not going to break the record against us. 
So they're going to double check to cover him. And he's going to run wild and maybe score a couple of times. So that's kind of my thinking on running back one this week. All right. What do we like in the quarterback world? Who do we think is going to have a big game today? Tim Boyle. To me, no. there's a, if there's a place for Tyreek, I got to go to it. So. I was going to do the same thing. I like DJ Moore. I like Justin Fields. So I think Fields to Moore is the one and one stat. Give me Jordan Love against that terrible Giants defense. I want to say Josh Allen just to break DJ's heart. Just for the giggles. Um, and the Dark Horse play, I don't mind Dobbs actually this week. Uh, it gets Justin Maybe. Jefferson back, gets a not great passing, gets a not great defense, passing defense. Um, and see him maybe do something, maybe not to the level of a Mahomes or or Allen, but maybe you know you can surprise some people if those shootout games always end up being you know like a defensive struggle. I expect it to be like 42 35, and it ends up being like 17 10. So, yeah, kind of like the reverse Steelers the other night, yeah. I, I had a Thursday night pod, and we made fun of them the whole whole time about the, the over-under being set at 30, and they had that by halftime. So you never can tell the NFL. Mitch Trubisky and his fourth and two Hail Mary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, I had to pick him up in the in the staff league. He got me 20 points. Yep. I, I had him Listen, I – I benched Hunter Henry because I said, oh, I got hot. I got Laporta back next week. I don't need Hunter Henry. So I benched him on Thursday because I forgot to set my lineup. And I said, yeah, I don't need Hunter Henry. I would be up like the, the guy I was playing had, I think it was Pittsburgh's defense. So I'd be up like 20 to four right now. Ouch. So Laporta better not make me cry today. All right, so that is it. Uh, I don't know. Did you guys talk about uh, – you talked about defenses a little bit in, in DFS, um, but who do we like as kind of as, as, as a DFT kind of play today outside of, of maybe uh, Baltimore and Cleveland? Somebody outside the AFC North. I think you could say Houston. When y'all think when they get Zach Wilson, or are they too high value? I could take – well – I'm trying to think. wasn't Wasn't the Texans the highest one on the board? Jordan? Yeah, they're fourth. They're they're four K. I just I I never pay up that high. Um, and and I just I think if I was to pay up that high, I'm paying down one hundred dollars for the Saints. They burned me last week. I still cash and all my double ups, but they they just got torched in that first quarter, and I was I was kicking them. They got me a zero, but uh, at home against uh, um. What's a stupid name? Bryce Young. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Saints, so, if I was going to pay up, I'm paying up for the Saints. For me, if I'm going cheap, um, I don't mind the Jets. It seems like they were pretty pretty low in regards to the price totem pole. So I got a sneaky one for you because um, it's going to go against your Saints. I, I think the Panthers. Because, all right, so – Growing up in an area where we only watched the Saints and the Panthers play, I've seen how these two teams are. They neither team scores ever. When they played on Monday night, it was like 14 to 17. No NFC South matchup this year has went above 40 points. They've been 39 or low 
every single time. You have Derek Carr, who has half a concussion every single week. And you have one wide receiver to throw to. So you don't have Michael Thomas. You don't have Shahid. You don't have Taysom Hill. You have Kamara and Alave going up against a defense that just got fully healthy. They have Chen back. Brian Burns is back to full form. You unless Kamara goes off for like 200 yards today, I don't. I, that's why I took them. I don't see them winning this game by more than. <laughs> I don't see any way that Derek Carr doesn't throw two interceptions to some random Division three prospect that Carolina picked up at the the bar across the street from the fucking practice facility, <laughs> and and they um and he has a good game. This game is going to rely on Kamara. It's going to be a running game. So what, what's your final score? Is one to nothing possible? No. Um, yeah, exactly. I, given I how play, I'm going to go, I'll go 17-14, I think again, or something like 18 to 14, something like that. It's, I think it comes down to a field, like a, I wouldn't be surprised if it came down to a game-winning field goal. It sounds like so I we, need to drop my, drop my kicker, Blake, Blake Groupie, or whatever his name yeah. is. So we I were just, talking about that low on defense. So I'm right in the middle. The Panthers, Panthers are at 3K, Jets 2,900. The Falcons are also at 2,900. We just talked about them. And I like, how and I like the Falcons kind of too because they have Ooh, a really Niners good pass defense. Who? Niners? Uh, they're 3,700. That might be somebody, especially if Gino's out, that I might want to roll the dice on. Yeah, yeah but if, if number, Gino gets listed as out, they're going to kick that up over four. They just uh, – no, they. And once it's once it's set, it's set. oh, is it just set? Yeah. So I mean, if you if you were to leave that open, and if say you know, say you had one of those teams, like if you were like, all right, you know, hey, I'm gonna play a three oh five game. Like if you were gonna pay play, um, I'm trying to think here. Like if you were like, okay, hey, I'm gonna play the Vikings defense, or you know, if you were gonna pay all the way up and say, uh, um, eh, no, it's kind of hard to do. You'd have to leave some salary on the table with them being at, at the three oh five mark. Um. Yeah, I. Yeah, you're either locking them in at at, at thirty seven hundred right out of the gate, or you're not going to play them. So. Yeah, and the the 49ers just dominated the Seahawks on Thanksgiving at at Seattle and with a healthy Geno. So yeah, that's not a bad play at all. <laughs> not only not only that, their running back situation is so bleak. You can't even find a Seahawk running back line to bet. So like. Like they won't, they don't have any prop for Gino up on DraftKings. Last I checked, they have nothing for anyone but like on the Seattle side an hour ago. So like that, that just shows it right there. I think. Um, that's a three oh five game or whatever, right? Yeah. The problem is at this point in time, the inactives haven't been announced, and I think Walker and Charbonnet are both playing, but I don't know. They were. They were questionable throughout the week, so I would stay completely away from that game unless you take San Francisco players. Uh, let's see. Last I see is just injury report had both of them. It doesn't say if they're in or out yet. Yeah, that's the problem with the late games. You gotta you gotta roll with other players typically if you don't know. So it kind of stinks. Um, as of an hour ago, all three are listed as questionable. Um, but after warm-ups, looking like doubtful for all three. Oh, goodness. 
while. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> you know, probably just like, I don't want to go out there. <laughs> Put me up against the Giants again. <laughs> you want me to play San Francisco? So, I just want to ask Jordan one quick question. Will removing Mike McCarthy's appendix make his play calling better? I don't know, man. I just <laughs> it's so so tough being a Cowboys fan. Um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of at you in Carolina Panther. Yeah, I just <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I hope so. I hope I hope everything's going good. Shirt in there. You just jinxed that. Oh, yeah, you're not wrong. One, there was a guy I forgot to mention that I'm curious y'all's thoughts on. Gabe Davis always has a good game in primetime versus Kansas City. Is that something to look at? Or is he just not worth it because of the Josh Allen uh, throws to everyone hype? So to, to kind of combat that, Gabe Davis very rarely has two really good games in a row. Um, and He just came off a 25-point performance. So, I mean... I guess this is one of those things where one's going to happen and one's not. So he's either going to have another smash game against KC or he's going to uh, continue his trend of, hey, I'm really good for one game and then I suck for the next the next two what, or three. What is his price tag, Jordan? I'm uh, I believe guess. he's... I believe he's 5800 if I'm not mistaken. I was going to guess somewhere around that. The um, problem is draft... DraftKings never really changes his value. And 58. They, there's always somebody better than him at around 6,000, so I never use him. If you're, if you're looking yeah. for a complete upside and willing to take a zero, then Gabe Davis is your man. Yeah, I mean, you look at what's around him. You got Amari Cooper at 5,800. You have Zay Flowers at 5,700. Uh, Garrett Wilson at 5,500. It's one of those guys to where it's like he's just not – just not worth the risk. Like, yeah, is he absolutely capable of busting a slate? Yeah. But so week eight against Tampa Bay, 23.7 points. Then in week nine, zero. Week 10, 9.6. Week 11, zero. And then a 25.5 game. Um, and and kind of just to do that, week five, he had 25. Then the next two games, he had under five points. And then he had that 23. Then he had three bad games. Then the 25. So like I said, the trend is going to continue. Either he's going to have a really shitty game or he's going to come out and he's going to just smoke Kansas City and he's going to buck the trend of, hey, I'm not good two weeks in a row. And I, I never play a guy to, that to me has zero floor. I mean, sorry, I just can't do it. So. No, it's just a thought. I was just thinking about it this morning. I was like, should I put up money on Gabe Davis just because, like, every time it seems he plays Kansas City or Cincinnati, he goes off for some kind of 100-yard game? Jordan and I will probably both be wrong, and it's your money. But I would never spend spend even your money on it. So, <laughs> well, remember, we don't remember every. The more we say his name, it offsets how how good or bad he does. Exactly. How many times? Have we, we how many times have we said it now? <laughs> I think we're at like eight. What was it? One week we said we weren't going to say it, and he went off for like a hundred something yards. So, and then the next week we talked about him, and then he had he had a zero. So he'll have four touchdowns today. Is what's going to really happen, and DJ will be crying. So. They're always four touchdowns in a in a twenty eight thirty five loss. If if the Bills win and Gabe Davis gets like two touchdowns, I will buy everyone a Gabe Davis jersey to wear on the show next week. I like I that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, 
That will take us to the end of the show today. Great job, guys, as always. Uh, thank you for everybody who was watching. Thank you all of our sponsors. Thanks to you to everyone uh, who donated last week for Toys for Tots. I know I wasn't on last week's show, but I wanted to mention. Uh, so I wanted to thank everybody who uh, donated to that as well. Other than that, we will um, jump off. <laughs> I'll rehire you, Brian. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh uh make sure you stay tuned for dan right after this i think joe's going in. i know joe said he was a little bit under the weather um i'm going to assume that joe is going tonight as always otherwise dan will have his monday night show tomorrow night uh oh correction on that correction no? so starting on monday we will be from noon to one central monday through friday Every day oh. we're going to give you, because I realized I was giving you guys all these lines and it was like 30 minutes before kickoffs. So we moved the show up to right around your lunch break. So that way you guys can get these bets in before the lines start moving around. Sweet. Even better. All right. Then in that case, make sure that you are tuning in for all of those things. Um, other than that, uh, we will see you guys next week. Thank you everybody who watched all of our sponsors, all of the great folks out there. And we will see y'all next time. Bye-bye.